What's happening, weirdo? What's up, the Everybody turned it off. Yeah. Everybody turned it off. Just God, I'm turned so it off. sorry. It's sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah. The episode is sorry. Every Everything is sorry. This is a great, <laughs> I want to say this is a great one and I loved it so much and it like gets cooking. Yeah. So like if it sounds a little sleepy summer series at the beginning, I'll just wait. <laughs> well, you you're talking about you. I think like you maybe you were sleepy in the beginning and then you got cooking. Yeah, I was pretty sleepy vibes the whole time. Don't know if you noticed. Oh really? I yeah. didn't notice. I'm glad. I uh, yeah. I think once we got into the gym class stuff. Yeah. Right in that sweet, sweet like it's funny and it's sort of emotional and it's sort of healing. Yeah. So this is a great one and I'm so glad. Thank you to everybody who came out. To the live, you made it weird. It was awesome. We'll be releasing the audio very soon. Moses Storm was incredible. Amazing. Uh, September 3rd, I'm going to be at the Brea Improv with Lara Bites. L-A-R-A Bites. <laughs> uh, so go to the Brea Improv website for tickets to that. Would love to see you out there. September 9th is my next Living at Largo, uh, which is my stand-up show, which is always incredible. Uh, which Robin, the guest uh, this coming Wednesday, is Robin Tran. Robin Tran did it last time. It was incredible. Uh, and Largo-LA.com for tickets. And there's Brody. Hi. Brody and I made an agreement. I was like, I'm going to let you out because it's just for the intro and it's a short period. But don't bark. Otherwise, I'm going to... Get in trouble. <laughs> You're not in trouble. I'm in trouble. Uh, if you guys like this show, try a Pete's pick. I posted a gram of me wearing my Everlane denim jacket. And I saw a lot of people in the comments going, hey, there's that jacket you're always talking about. Well, you're damn right you're going to see it on the gram because I'm real proud of it. It's such a dreamy jacket. It's I my got, favorite item of clothing you've ever owned. And I got it. I love it so much. I got it in two colors, classic denim and black. And I love both. And it is soft but firm, not too rigid. I'm just saying, Everlane makes a fucking dope-ass denim jacket because most denim jackets you put on, either like, this will be a great jacket in 10 years, uh-huh. or it's too soft and it's, it has no structure to it whatsoever and no flair, no style. They have the best jacket ever, and that is that Everlane. Everlane. So we all know that life is an adventure, not just going into caves and squandering beasts and stuff, but like everyday adventures, like discovering a new restaurant or reading a new book. And whether you're exploring a new world in the pages of that book or trying out a new brunch spot, Everlane has the premium essentials excuse me, to outfit you in comfort. As I said already, they have the most versatile... They are uh, delicious, well-styled basics, meaning this isn't like super flashy or like peacocky clothing. It's just basic stuff done super, super well. You can dress them up. If I go to a fancy thing, I can wear my Everlane or you can dress them down. Uh, it's, it's very versatile, very, very easy for cooking at home or going shopping or an afternoon stroll or a fancy uh, movie premiere. Yeah. It doesn't matter. They have something that will work for all of those. They make quality clothing with ethical factories and radically transparent pricing since 2010. 
doing a lot of research on who is making their clothes, making sure they provide fair wages and reasonable hours to the skilled people who craft their clothing. Their designs are timeless. Their materials are sustainable and very, very fine. And you can wear them for years to come. Most retailers, this is one of my favorite things, most retailers hide their markups, but Everlane believes their customers have a right to know how much their clothes cost to make. In fact, they share exactly how much their production costs to produce at each stage. So you know you're not being fleeced. Unless you're buying a fleece, then you are being fleeced. <laughs> Everlane has everything you need to upgrade your summer look, whether you're going out uh, out on the town with friends or having a movie night with the fam, from workout to takeout, swimwear to trackwear styles for lounging at home or hitting up your favorite late night spot. Their breathable organic cotton trackwear gives an elevated take on tried and true basics. I personally love their sweat shirts and their sweat pants. Again, these are basics done really well with just a good cut and a good feel and a good styling that makes it feel and look and breathe and be perfect and the, uh, their track stuff and their swimwear their swimwear is made from almost 14,000 pounds of recycled plastic which I think is dope AF so clearly I, I love their clothes I love the online shopping experience same with Val she uh, was watching me do it and was like I'm an Evelyn I'm, I'm your huckleberry <laughs> We just watched the Val documentary. Plus, they accept returns within 30 days of the ship date, and all uniform clothing comes with a 365-day guarantee. So go to everlane.com slash weird and sign up for 10% off your first order, plus get free shipping and easy returns within 30 days of your ship date. That's 10% off your first order when you go to everlane.com slash weird and sign up. You want to sing it? Everlane. I bought that Jack online. <laughs> There's only room for Jack. I bought that Jack online. Also, Living Libations. We are a Living Libations family. Living Libations is a wonderful way to support the show, especially if you only want to buy something small, if you don't have a lot of quiche, a lot of cheddar, but you still want to show some love. Uh, Living Libations, I guarantee, has a high-end, natural, and wonderful product to replace Maybe what you're brushing your teeth with, maybe what you're washing your face with, maybe what you're shaving with. They have something that is basically good enough to eat. That is how I would describe living libations to someone who doesn't know about it, is it's good enough to eat. Meaning, I've been so careful about what I eat and put into my body, but I wasn't for decades being careful about what I put on my body, which of course ends up in your body. It gets absorbed into your skin, and buying weird French fancy face washes because they're expensive and thinking they're good isn't true. They're filled with chemicals because they're made by corporations that don't give a shit. The toxicity levels that were never intended for humans because it's all about profit. Well, Living Libations is about getting healthy from the outside in, staying healthy from the outside in, and glowing from the outside in. I use their ginger exfoliating scrub, which is made with plants and oils and extracts that I recognize as real and natural, and it's the most badass exfoliant I've ever used. I would put it up against anything else. It's it's not... Uh, like some gentle hippie version. It is incredibly exfoliating. I use their Zen Shave to shave. Their Zen Shave Balm, which is so clean and natural and moisturizing, you can actually use a dab of it as your aftershave. Uh, Try doing that with an anonymous neon blue goo shot from a pressurized can. And at night, both Val and I use their Best Skin Ever Moisturizer, which smells great, feels great, gets your skin looking great uh, before bed. But like I said, you can get something small, 
It helps support the show. It shows our advertisers that these that you guys are listening and that these these, uh, these promos work, and that supports us directly, and we appreciate it. So whatever you need, face, body, eyes, teeth, even babies. We just bought Lee some zinc-based uh, sunblock. Uh, finally, a sunblock I can feel good about, not some strange... 5,000 ingredient spray, uh, which I am loving. I promise you, Living Libations has a replacement for whatever you need, and it's a great way to show your support of the show. So go to livinglibations.com and use promo code WEIRD for 20% off. Wow, that's generous. I know, livinglibations.com and use promo code WEIRD for 20% off. I'm noticing you are sleepy now. Yeah, well, I'm very hungry at this point. I'm just here to say WEIRD, everyone. (laughs) You can chime in. You got the copy in front of you. Chime it in. Uh, no, I'm, no, thank you. <laughs> you're very good at it, and you're very fast at it. As you know, I hate a hard pan. Enter the perfect gene. <laughs> the last and final Pete's pick for this episode. I just bought a second. Actually, it's my third pair of perfect jeans because they just came out in gray. They have gray, they have black, and of course they have different shades of blue jean. I got their dark blue jean, and now I have their gray blue jean, which I absolutely love. Perfect jeans are perfect for a lot of reasons. One of them, they're not khakis. Two of them, they're not yoga pants, which is what I was wearing out in public, like I was Phil Collins or Sting. (laughs) They are jeans. They look like jeans. They even kind of, well, they don't really feel like jeans because they feel like pajamas or they feel like stretch pants because they have 2% spandex and 2.5% rayon. That's very specific. For extra comfort and movement. Why? Because you got man parts. You need some give. And for me, I just like a little stretch. I like knowing I'm supported when I'm doing a karate kick on stage or bending over to pick up something Lee dropped while I'm also holding Lee. I need to know my pants are going to go where I need to go. Plus, it's 2021. Why aren't we wearing soft, comfortable pants that look good? Well, they didn't exist. Now they do. The perfect jean. With specialized washing so your jeans literally feel as soft as a baby's butt... You may even forget you're wearing pants. Constructed utilizing the highest quality materials and sewing techniques to provide you with a product that is built to last. I can attest to that. I wore and am still wearing my first pair almost every day, and they are holding together beautifully. Best of all, they're not khakis. Fuck your khakis and spare your nuts. The perfect jean for the perfectly imperfect men. Just 60 bucks when you use code... Weirdo. Nice, Val. I thought maybe you weren't paying attention. Use your code WEIRDO at checkout. Liberate your lower limbs with the one and only perfect gene. Whether you're working with... Lemons or lentils, a three-leaf clover, or big old eggplant, the perfect gene has you covered. Take a peek at... www.com... No. (laughs) (laughs) www.theperfectgene.nyc. That's theperfectgene.nyc. Code... WEIRDO. For... 25% off... At checkout. That's it. All right, guys. (laughs) That was beautiful, Mama. This is a great episode. I'm so glad you guys are here for it. Sorry it came out late. We didn't have any help uh, this weekend, and that's why it's dropping on a Monday. But we love being with you guys. Thanks for joining us. And uh, get into it. Nice. Yep. (laughs) <laughs> that should be the new theme song. <laughs> so Move good. over, Reggie. I can do what you do. <laughs> boop, 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 boop. Uh, I would love for everyone in America to try and do what Reggie Watts does, just to show how hard it is to like be that good at at like being silly, at beatboxing, at. Well, that's that sounds. sad thing. What? What? Where was it that uh, you teach kids how to draw? 
you teach grown-ups how to draw and oh, the little kid yeah. says you mean they forgot yeah and that's really what reggie's good at is is he never forgot he's remembered and he's done it so much like probably since he was a kid that he's just gotten better and better at it well i mean that's the whole thing is saying i'm tired of uh this whole grown-up racket i'm yeah. watching i'm watching so many people get so so serious yeah. Everybody's so serious. Why I was so I was, serious. Yeah. We were joking. We've joked many times on this podcast. I love that. <laughs> about how my dad goes, okay? Uh-huh. I'd be like, I went and got myself a sparkling water, okay? <laughs> and why I think that's so funny that he's always punctuating what he says with okay mm-hmm. is that it's so serious. Mm-hmm. It's so serious. Yeah. It's like, are oh, you with me? You got it. You got it. And, like, I was watching, one of the things I wanted to say up top here is, like, what you consume and, like, what you put in front of you mm-hmm. has such an impact. Yeah. And I've I've sort of made the mistake of, with my, my YouTube, I've been clicking on things they suggest, which mm-hmm. they say, you know, the real unpluggy people are, like, don't let YouTube suggest things to you. Yeah. Otherwise, you know, it's just going to, like, figure more out about you and it's going to keep like an echo chamber you're going to get reinforced in the way that you and what's interesting is like i i started clicking on more and more joe rogan clips and like they're getting weirder and weirder like clearly i like the dmt stories and i like uh some of the weird archaeology stuff and like now i'm just sort of veering into some like you know hot takes on covid yeah which <laughs> is starting to happen and i made the i'm not going to say it was a mistake but i started my morning today uh, I, I was, I, I hope it's not an overture. I'm on the, on the toilet, <laughs> on the can. I almost said on the can. You did, which would be maybe the first time in my oh, life I've ever heard you call it the I, can. I was on the can. Okay. Yeah. Also, I love that detail because it's a TBD on whether that's necessary. <laughs> what, what? To the story. What is? Saying that you were on the toilet. Oh, well, I'm trying to paint the picture that I was on the toilet. No, I'm trying to paint the picture that I was in a situation where I couldn't spend five minutes. This is so stupid, by the Mm -hmm. way. But you don't want to spend five minutes looking for something to watch because you're only going to be there five minutes. Yeah. So you just kind of like watch the first or second thing that looks interesting to you. Yeah. I'm not going to say who it was, but it was a comedian and they were kind of going on about COVID and 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 their uh, take was fine, but mm-hmm. the underlying energy of it mm. was okay. Yeah. So you're gonna do that. You're gonna come to me and do that, okay? <laughs> and I was just like so. Uh, it it activated in me my own parts that can be like okay. Mm. What I'm saying is, if you start as I as I try to and often do the day with Ramdas or Eckhart Tolle. I've been putting on Eckhart Tolle just when Leela and I are playing. And you hear the opposite of, okay? Imagine yeah. if he was like, the moment is all there is, okay? Yeah. That's all there is. All Underneath it all, it's all just a cosmic dance, okay? <laughs> like, it would... It would... <laughs> It is one of my favorite bits, uh, and you've done like I've done it on stage. It doesn't work. Oh, you have? Okay. Yeah, yeah, but I just mean, the, like, it's a life bit where sometimes you'll say things like your father, which you all don't know this, but the 
like that's an impeccable impression of your dad. <laughs> uh, and you'll say things that he would never in a million years say right. in that voice, and it makes me laugh. You know, Peter, sometimes I, I, I get overwhelmed at the idea of being your father. <laughs> and even though you're a grown man, I sort of see you as my little boy. So I, I forgive me. If I can't just relate to you one-to-one as, a, as an adult, because uh, I, it's overwhelming to me and frightening, because if you're that old, how old am I? <laughs> <laughs> so it turned into Pacino at the end. They're not dissimilar. I? Yeah, but what I'm, it's a basic point, guys, and I really do want to, y'all, what I, I really want to address everybody who chose to listen to this podcast this yeah. morning or whenever you're listening to it, is, I'm going to say it. Good on you. Good on you, mate. Here's why. It's not that we're dealing out the goods. It's that, like, at least right now you're in a conversation. Mm-hmm. I know you can't chime in, but you're you're here with us. And you're at least with other people that are going like, hey, I've noticed when I... It's like eating food. When I eat this food, I feel this way. When I drink this drink, I, I feel this way. And what I'm really really owning as I get older is I'm like, and what you watch, what you read, what you hear, Mm -hmm. who you spend your time with defines, it doesn't just impact your reality. It defines your reality. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. So if I start my morning as I inadvertently did, like meaning I wasn't like going, all right, let's get the pulse pumping. And by the way, I wasn't even like going like you idiot. What an idiot for having an alternative or, or like a more suspicious take on COVID. Like go for it. Yeah. It was the, it was the energy of it. I it was totally it was, get it. Okay. Yeah. Even if you're on quote unquote, fuck sides, fuck sides, fuck, fuck sides. sides. I hate sides. Yeah. But even if you're somebody like me that might say something like, well, you know, you, you need to uh, be transparent about your treatment because you, because you don't want to infect other people. It, it's about other people. Like, you don't want to get other people. It's an infectious disease, and you don't want to infect other people. Yes. And that's why it can feel so sort of invasive, is because it's not just about you. You yeah. are now not just, like, cosmically, spiritually, but you're now literally being forced to reckon with the idea that we are part of a collective. Yeah. And that is uh, inconvenient. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so are pants. Yes. I'm not even trying to make this uh, pro-mask or anti-mask. I'm just saying if you're pro-mask, we wear masks, mm-hmm. and you come at it with that energy of like, and if you, if you want to go out there, put other people at risk, you're a fucking asshole, okay? Yeah. Like, that is also going to make me go like, yeesh. Yes. Yeah. Like beautiful and good things can still be said from a place of sort of depravity. It has the feeling of like a lion circling a bag of meat. It's tribalism. Like this is my bag of meat, okay? Yeah. And it's just lacking the moisture of the heart. It's lacking the moisture of the heart. Uh. And and you can yes, and you can sense it. It's like I think what we're also talking about to take Coco out of it. Is like, why can you sort of tell sometimes on a first date before the appetizer is dropped? Mm. It's just not feeling right. Mm. It's be- it's often because it's somebody might be rigid in a way. If you've worked at softening yourself mm-hmm. and bringing the moisture of the heart into yourself, it can be hard when you're when you're with somebody that's just like, I, I get my drink snow ice. I get my drink snow ice because it's more drink. Well, it's the same price, but it's more drink. So why wouldn't you just get the ice on the side? If it's not cold enough, it comes cold out of the gun. It comes cold out of the gun. Like, 
Like, you know what I mean? Comes cold out of the gun. Comes cold out of the gun. Bye. Yeah. I, it's like, you know when I needed that guy? It's the same age I needed, like, a dad figure that was, like, super fierce yeah. well, and masculine, decisive. Masculine energy can feel really refreshing because, of course, we need a balance of both. And so there is something to... It's like the Ted Lasso episode last night. I assume everyone's caught up. If not, skip 15 secs. You mean the Ted Lasso? <laughs> the Ted Lasso night. Um where Nathan is, like, learning to find his voice and to be, like... And it's a triumphant moment when he's... And he's taught how to take up space by a woman. Yeah, just, yeah. Just showing that it's... It's masculine energy. It's right. not, like, attributed to male uh, people, male human people. Um, I was going to say... What was it? Uh, oh, it's just that the, like, whole how do you start your day thing, for me... And I haven't mastered this because I started my day reading about the FDA approval of Pfizer. So This is um, what I'm saying. That's why the good on you. Like, there's yeah. a million choices. And by the way, maybe you did make a bad choice, like both of us. Mm-hmm. And what I'm finding is you can reset. Yeah. Sidebar. We reset the other day by listening to John Denver. We were in such a dark place. Yeah. I'm not even a John Denver fan, but I didn't know what to do. Yeah. And I just want to say to all the people that are like, fuck, this life can be so overwhelming and sideways. And sometimes it just feels like you're sliding deeper and deeper and darker and darker. Sometimes it's as simple as throwing on... uh, Country roads. (laughs) Keep going, Mama. I'm sorry. No. Um... But it is like the your brain is, you know, as we talk about so often, like you are wired at this point for your brain to be kind of the dominant voice. And so if you can start your day with something that's like heart opening and or grounding in your body, mm-hmm. that's why like a sadhana, am I saying that right? Sadhana. Sadhana. You said um, it's sort of like sadhana, which yeah. I think is actually right, but it sounds so much like sodomy. Yeah, sadhana. My sadhana is sodomy. <laughs> oh, God. I mean, yeah. I mean, why not? Sodomy, but... sodomy I, I think one of the reasons you said, oh, God, is because you and I grew up in a tradition that sodomy was only used in yeah, negative right. context. Yeah, I feel so bad that I did you that. You don't need to. That's a beautiful I thing. I grew up like you, Mama, and yeah. usually, like, when it's against the law, yeah. they go, sodomy's against the law in 46... They never say, like... Yeah. I, there's no, like, softer way to say that, because the vag and the penis got sex. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not no, trying no, to turn right. the lights on on you. I'm trying to say I wasn't trying to be, like... And it's, there is Isn't nothing, the, it's yeah, a beautiful yeah. way to start your day. I was just yeah. thinking, <laughs> I, I actually, it's not that the act was like, oh God, it's that, which I'm, I guess I am defending myself a little bit. It, it's that I feel because of what you've said, like, because of the way that word was used in my history, I feel like it was, it was more like, it's like the word, it's like using a crass word for. Uh, for vaginal and penis sex. To to join you in that, I think cunnilingus is sort of yes, never going to go down right. Some, yeah, there's just some words that... You could be the biggest fan of cunnilingus, yeah. and then it, someone says cunnilingus, and you're like, what? That just sounds like yeah. like a big green jello mold at a bad wedding. You want yeah. some cunnilingus? Yeah. A slice mm-hmm. of the lingus? And 
arguably fellatio is a great sounding word. <laughs> fellatio sounds like a Shakespeare character. Yes. Who everyone like Horatio. loves. Horatio. Yeah. yeah. Horatio and fellatio. <laughs> yeah. But I don't like fellated. Filleted. She like, filleted. It be, that sounds like she filleted you or they filleted you. Or she inflated. Or you she, inflated. Not supposed to actually yeah. blow in it. It's not really a blowjob. Why is it called? The only reason it's called a blowjob is because you're making the blow gesture with yeah. your lips. But you're also making a yodel gesture. Yeah, How about a yod job? Yodel job. A yodel. A yodeling. She yodeled me. She, she yodeled on me. <laughs> I think it's so funny, by the way, Eminem. I know I talk I, because I've been exercising. I've been listening to terrible music mm. because I I don't like upbeat music, mm-hmm. but I have to when I when I'm a big workout person now, a hundred percent JK. But I've been trying to work out, so I've been listening to like just bad music. I listened to Spice Up Your Life yesterday, yeah, and I was like unironically going like na 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 na. It's like yeah, I mean I don't know if that's bad music. It's like most of America loves that song. Love Spice Up Your Life. Well, yeah, the Spice. Saying it's, have held up. <laughs> really? I'm not saying it's bad music. I'm saying it's catchy and nobody's... Bubblegum pop. Bubblegum. <laughs> nobody's listening to Spice Girls and like wiping a tear away. Right. And if I'm being honest, most of the music I like, the lyrics are kind of devastating. <laughs> like like yes. I like... Yeah. I like it. Unless we have a, a heavy conversation about current events or world events, and then we have to listen to John Denver. Yeah. So, and that's where Spice Girls, we definitely could have listened to Spice Girls. Yeah. And I want to, I want to concede something where I'm sort of full of baloney, or not full of baloney, but like a blind spot, mm. is that my love of Radiohead and The National and things like that is informed by the fact that I'm not carrying too much of the burden of like constantly reading the tragedies of the world. Yeah. Meaning, I'm not saying it's a privilege, but like as soon as we heard, I'm not going to share what the story was, but we heard a really troubling story. And then I believe Matt Berninger's album was playing. And I was like, get this off. Yeah. Because like, the darkness too was much. too much. Yes. Well, that is something like it's important to. Not that Matt is dark. It's just not upbeat. Yeah. Yes. It's not spice up your life. It just sounds like the the soundtrack to the bad story that we were thinking. Yeah, of. and I don't. I don't think he. It's Matt, Matt said on the podcast he was like, I don't. I don't know. I don't feel like I I have the lyric until it makes me cry. Mm-hmm. And I was like, so yeah, he. Yeah. He's there. He's he understands it. what yeah. he's doing. Um. I do feel like it's it's an interesting topic because in Buddhism, and I don't, like, I'm in the process of learning this, so I really don't feel totally authorized to speak on it yet, but there is this system of, like, you do first acknowledge and hold your pain, and we, thank you, um, and we have talked we we almost exclusively talk about that like nurturing whatever is arising and holding your pain and um but then at a certain point there is like a next step where you sort of call in joy and compassion and a different frequency of things and and it's really important it's it's basically communicated in the thing i've i've shared on this podcast before of um it's a it's a podcast that Tara did uh, on Tara Brock your lim- your limbic intention and then your like higher self your liberated intention 
And it's important to first acknowledge all of the pain. So like we, we were in that dark place thinking of that dark thing and it, and it's good to not just be like, um, turn on drunk Denver. Like I can't be in this, you know, but there is like a, there was a certain point. There's a certain point where you're like, this is, this is just going to sit here until, until I invite, until I remember goodness. Well, the brain wants to feel like it's doing something and it wants to trick you into thinking that it is doing something. So what happened was we read a particularly difficult story mm-hmm. and then, and it wasn't even about COVID or anything. It was just like a tragedy story. Mm-hmm. And then I, we both experienced it at different times. Yeah, You had an overwhelm with it. And then later when we were driving to Largo to do a show and you mentioned it mm. and I was just not, I hadn't yet processed it. Like mm-hmm. I, and and then like it started to become um, like fetishized, mm. meaning the brain was using it as like this big, like a ore, like a metal ore to stick in the fan blade of my brain, and it wouldn't let me do anything other than consider it yeah. from every possible angle. Yeah, and like so, what I'm saying is, we all need to get good at figuring out how much is enough, like mm-hmm. how much is appropriate to honor our emotions mm-hmm. and to honor the reality of, of this reality mm-hmm. and and give reverence or give thought or whatever you want to do, process it. Mm-hmm. What does it have to teach you? What does it have to say to you? And at what point do you go like, this is just getting perverse? Yeah, and I'm ruminating. I'm ruminating. I'm, no, there's, no, there's nothing productive happening. It's just another like fuel for my brain to obsess and then my body to just be like frantically wrecked trying to react to the brain telling the story over and over of something that is not currently happening. Well, that's funny that you say that. That's one of the ways that that I started to break away from that story mm-hmm. was I was like, yes, horrible things happen. Yeah. And here we are. And you cannot do horrible things. Yeah. And you can do what you need to do to not and to prevent horrible things. Yeah. But like the dwelling on the horrible thing that happened uh, at a certain point can just become like catching a virus or something. Yeah. Like you have it. And your brain really is slippery in that way. It goes like, well, don't you want to... I mean, these things happen. You want to live in the dark? Yeah. Yeah, sure. I hear you, motherfucker. <laughs> I hear you. You're right. Yeah. The world is fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. And as Ramdas would say, I'll give you that if you give me and also at this moment a baby is seeing a butterfly for the first time. Yeah. Like you got to you got to have both. You have to have both. And by the way, I've been trying to work on that. I don't think I could ever make it work. It would have to be like a one man show and someone someone like Colin Quinn who's good at history would be better than me. But it's like times were always bad. Yeah. But yeah. like meaning and times were always good. Yep. There was always good and there was always bad. Yep. Always, always, always. And it, it would be funny to like pick any year. Yeah. And just be like, yeah, like, like this is what's helpful about Mad Men for me. It's like, oh, the 60s, we were all just getting drunk in our offices and having sex with our secretaries and everything was easy breezy, right? Yeah. And it's like, yeah, and there was the Cuban Missile Crisis and everyone in America thought that at any moment they might be evaporated because right. there were missiles pointed at us from Cuba by our enemies 
that that is not an easy breezy. The sixties right. were fucked. In fact, peaceful the, protests were getting hosed and dogged. And dogged. On the, yeah, I call it dogged. Dogged. It, yeah. That's exactly my point. And in yeah. fact, and this is the whole. This is like a big truth. I feel like mm. those times that are the most alive with art and love and dance and theater and literature and poetry and sex and beauty and nature. Those things, like the 60s, which is really like 1966 to 1973, mm. were also the times filled with the most yeah. like immediate threats of death. Yeah, and before that, it was both world wars. Like That's right. There are people who lived through both world wars when like their daily lives were affected. That's right. It wasn't just like... I, I love that you said that. It wasn't just like, go ahead. Well, it just it wasn't just like a war that you hear about happening in Europe. It's like rationing and... Uh, like, giving up your silk for parachutes, yeah. And women building airplanes. And like, or, you know. Val, I just thought this. I was like, I have so many thoughts, and that's what this podcast is great for. I have so many thoughts. Uh, we all have a lot of thoughts. But as a comedian, I'm like, is that funny? And I'm like, I don't know if I can make that funny. One is, all times were bad. Yeah. And all times were good. Yeah. And there was no great time. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was always both energies at play. Yeah. And that's what I had to say to my brain. Also, wars, there like when you watch a war movie or something and they're just fighting, there aren't like designated fields for the fights. Yeah. These wars just happened. Those are their parks. Yeah. Those are their farms. Yeah. Those are their cities. Like I know that sounds obvious, but in the same way that when you watch a TV show and you realize it's a set, like mm-hmm. the West Wing is a set. It's mm-hmm. not the White House. Mm-hmm. It's a set. Mm-hmm. Like there's no ceiling. Sometimes there is. But yeah. for the most part, like it's fake. It, it's the same flavor realization when you go like, that. this is where the war happened. Yeah. That, meaning war isn't polite. It's not like, we'll have it over here on this paintball field. Yeah. It happened where the people were. People were evacuated. I know that sounds so basic, but I really oh. think that's one of those truths that was hard for me to ingest because as a kid I was like surely the civil war happened yeah Yeah. they're keeping it away from where we're eating and then even that we're like so soldiers like you're like well surely like people you know, innocent people aren't dying. And it's like, well, soldiers are people. So, and, like, and, yeah, exactly. and a lot of them didn't choose to do it. They got drafted and, you know, right, right. and even if they did, like it is the, yeah. So it's just a nasty thing. But to go back to what you were saying about just the, the balancing energies, it, that is another reason why, like remembering goodness, basically what you're saying when, when you're, you know, feeling overwhelmed by how much suffering there is in the world is like, yes, but that's not the full story. Right. And and it's just good to remember. Also, if there's no baby seeing a butterfly for the first time, be the baby seeing the butterfly for the first time. Yeah. I know that's easier said than done, but it's like you're being overwhelmed and your brain keeps like interrupting you with the reminder of tragedy yeah current a thousand years ago it doesn't matter it's just going like this sucks this sucks this sucks and instead of trying to come up with creative examples going into that i was just watching a muji video where he was like don't try to silence the mind that's a big trick he's like Mm -hmm. don't wait for your mind to Mm -hmm. become quiet just keep and the best word i'm gonna i think is nestle 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 
yes, keep nestling, nestling into in. almost like in uh, where the wild things are when the one of the wild things eats the boy and inside it's all felt and mm. soft and and safe mm. that space exists in you mm. and for some reason i think it's because it wants to protect us and it wants to keep you alive and it wants to Basically, your brain has all of these unconscious programs running that are mostly just like stick around, keep your genes around. Yeah. Like you are an ambitious gene. You are wheat. Yeah. You are wheat. <laughs> You're wheat. And wheat wants to be. It's an ambitious gene. Mm. And so you are too. You are an ambitious gene. So it has all these programs running that are really basic. Mm. Stay alive and make more of you. That's it. And that gets to steal the show. And when you nestle in and you go inside, like where the wild things are, you realize that there's a much richer, more vibrant, delicious, exciting, alive place to go away from the thing that just goes like, things are bad, so get safe, get safe, get safe, get safe. Right. Did that and make there sense? Is, uh-huh. And it is like, there is space for all of it. So it's not getting rid of thoughts it's not getting rid of suffering it's not getting rid of anything it's just like zooming out and creating space around all of it well that's exa- that's it exactly so the the space that i'm describing isn't just where you go when you're at a spa yeah it's not what you're in a mud bath with cucumber slices the space of i'm going to call it like neutrality the the place of simple being you can go into isn't as tempted to go evil things happen so the world is evil breaking everything into two sides and choosing a side labeling it all is what is like what we do Mm -hmm. and that's okay energy yeah you got you know a lot of things happen so you got a lot you do it's okay right you know which is fine uh for what it is and it's only valuable to the extent that it's valuable. But when you start breaking everything down, including questions of, is the universe a benevolent place, into just the evidence that was given to you in the course of your day, mm. is uh, is kind of short-sighted. Yeah. It's not kind of short-sighted. It's very short-sighted. Yeah. In fact, I was thinking about how, whether or not people's belief in God or, or some sort of uh, force or whatever you want to say, and I'm conceding this for myself so often comes down to how'd your life go Mm. and how is your life going is it rock and roll is it great yeah there's probably somebody looking out for you right if it's going shit probably no one looking out for you right i can't believe and what i'm saying is we need to we for the sake of eternal truth not even the sake of us being right we need to realize that we're the product of our circumstance, of our situation. And, oh, this is the quote I was going to read. I have the quote, and you just, like, I while I was looking it up, you made it even more applicable. Here it is. Here's mine. Thomas Merton. Uh, no despair of ours can alter the reality of things, nor stain the joy of the cosmic dance, which is always there. I said something similar in my book, which is, the reality of the divine, of the divine or the mystery mm-hmm. is not contingent on my mood. And that was a real breakthrough. I'm calling bullshit on myself for when I kill at a stand-up show and I close a deal and everything's coming up peaty and I go, thank you, Jesus. Like, that's nonsense. But 
it, and this is hard to say, but it's also nonsense when Pete wakes up and things aren't going his way and everything's going wrong and my heart is broken or I, I feel sick or whatever it might be. And I go, well, everything's fucking bullshit. Like, what I'm trying to do is extricate myself from the two-party system of my being, which yeah. is like, it's either this or it's this. And just quietly go like, can we can we stop breaking everything into two groups and siding with one? That's really interesting because you kind of were going in the direction of this quote and then you like did like a donut and started going into another direction, which I also think is true. But this is, these are like two like interesting quotes to hold together. It's just like interesting philosophical conversation because. I will say I, I did that donut because I kind of lost my train of thought. Oh, <laughs> so well, you address the first one. No, because this basically what I'm saying is I think this quote that I'm about to read might sound like it's directly in contradiction to what you're saying, but I think it isn't. I think it's like non-dualistically both are true. Can I just say I'm really excited and I don't want you to read it right away because the feeling that I have of like, what's this quote going to be is kind of exciting. Yeah. Well, I hope it meets your expectations. Dun, <laughs> um, you've heard dun, it. Dun, dun. <laughs> okay. A lot of you have probably heard it, um, or at least part of it, but it's Albert Einstein. And he says, I think the most important question facing humanity is, is the universe a friendly place? This is the first and most basic question all people must answer for themselves. For if we decide that the universe is an unfriendly place, then we will use our technology, our scientific discoveries, and our natural resources to achieve safety and power by creating bigger walls to keep out the unfriendliness and bigger weapons to destroy all that, that which is unfriendly. And I believe we are getting to a place where technology is powerful enough that we may either completely isolate or destroy ourselves as well in the process. If we decide that the universe is neither friendly nor unfriendly, and that God is essentially playing dice with the universe, then we are simply victims to the random toss of the dice, and our lives have no real purpose or meaning. But if we decide that the universe is a friendly place, then we will use our technology, our scientific discoveries, and our natural resources to create tools and models for understanding that universe. Because power and safety will come through understanding its workings and its motives. God does not play dice with this, the universe. That's great, Mama. I was a little obsessed with how quiet you are compared to me. Look, I started oh, talking and I'm so much louder than you. It's all right. But that's beautiful. And I, Yes, I can. That was lovely. And this very morning... This very morning, I read an Albert um, Einstein quote. This very morning? This very morning. Where is it? Uh, there are only two ways to live your life. One is though nothing is a miracle. The other is though everything is a miracle. That's it. This, this is, is this guy's position. <laughs> this is, yeah. But I, but so, you know, you were talking about the first quote was kind of not. Merton? Yeah. Say well, the, do the first quote again because I'm starting to lose the the difference between the two. And I think it is an interesting way. This is very ASMR. Ooh. Oh, yeah. I like it. No despair of ours can alter the reality of things, nor stain the joy of the cosmic dance, which is always there. 
Yeah. So, okay. So the contradiction that I heard is basically to me, this, the Einstein quote is saying what I have personally found to be true as well, which is it's your perception. Like reality is your perception. And if you have decided right. that, that it's un- yeah, you're absolutely right. Sorry, keep going. Yeah, that it's unfriendly, then then you will create that. That's sort of like I'm saying on the t- on the can this morning, <laughs> I started to create an a universe that needs to be argued with mm-hmm. and needs to be like pushed away and all that sort of stuff, which I guess at times that energy is very useful and appropriate, mm-hmm. but I'm firing up that mode. That's right. For no real reason. Yes. Like we, it was sort of talking about something that wasn't applicable to my life today. That's right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and really it is like, so if you just take, are you going to start your day with allowing your mind to fixate on the things that are occurring and to just be in like the very like fact oriented judgment oriented, you know, space that we're all familiar with and spend most of our time in, or can you start your day with something heart opening, like noticing the way a light hits a tree and trying to just be fully present with that Read your and, sunbeam poem. I don't know. I don't think it's ready. It's so good. We'll workshop it with the weirdos. <laughs> well, I don't know. It's don't so good. It's you so have good. to read it. That's sweet. I'm not even being like falsely self-deprecating. I just don't. It was think it's so ready. good. I don't understand what's happening. <laughs> this? How could this be phony? Like, if you were like, maybe I should read my sunbeam poem, and I was like, you should, <laughs> then you're right to be suspicious that maybe your husband is just being like, oh, do it. I want to watch you dive, Billy. <laughs> like, maybe it's nonsense, but if I brought it up. Yeah. But you, you also have love, love your muffs on. Um, but yes, so the that's the that goes back to the whole point of, yes, like, pain arises in your body you can practice it just experiencing the pain and dropping the story and then you can there is an element of like remembering goodness and filling so it's almost like for me the process is a process that never fails is the audio just cut (laughs) and this is very important this could save your life (laughs) Look at that. That was loud. Yeah. Um, the, pro- the, the process that never fails for me is rain, essentially, which I've talked about re- with difficult emotions, recognize, allow, investigate, and nurture. And you don't have to do it with difficult emotions. You can do it with joy, too. Um, but you – so that's the process of, of sitting, focusing on your breath, feeling into your body – recognizing what is in your body in this moment. It could be physical pain or emotional sensation, allowing it, getting curious about it, dropping the story of it, and and then nurturing it. And then there's something that Tara Brock calls after the rain, which is that spaciousness. So after you do that, then you feel the space around it that like allows all of it. And you can, that space is like loving awareness. It's because you have gone through the steps of nurturing this feeling. 
you've switched the gear into compassion and loving and kindness. You compassioned your way into compassion. You, or you loved yourself into awareness. Yeah. As opposed to another way to go about it, and this works too for a lot of people, is sort of getting to the spaciousness through mantra or something else. And then inject that spaciousness with compassion and loving you know, mm-hmm. loving awareness. But for me, it works so much better to actively nurture my body and that introduces the kindness and then the spaciousness comes after. But it's all filled with that kindness, if that makes sense. It makes perfect sense. I've never considered that like, let's say you are, maybe you're listening right now or whoever might hear this, that you are having an unpleasant feeling this mm-hmm. morning. That can become your mantra. That can become what you're working with to get you into the good place. Absolutely. So it's funny, like mantra, which I, you know, my mantra, I've said many times is, yes, thank you. I find it a great way to start the day. You never want to do it when you start. I I woke up at seven. Who wants to do that? Mm. It was my morning to sleep in and I could not sleep in. And I woke up and I'm seven. I'm like, fuck it. I'm just going to meditate. And you start saying, yes, thank you. And you're like, I don't feel this at all. But like 10 minutes later, like there's a relenting and it's so important. So in that case, I'm just giving an example of I I breathe in and I say yes. I breathe out. I say thank you, which feels Mm -hmm. really nice because you're saying thank you for the breath you just got and you're breathing in. And yes, by the way, is just another word for love. You know, so you're you're really getting all the good stuff. You're getting love or God and gratitude, which Mm. is thank you. Mm -hmm. So good mantra. But the other kind of mantra, or we could just say energy that you can work with, is a recurring negative, nasty thought or feeling. Yeah. And and you sort of tai chi that. You use the force of that that's using against you to recognize, allow, investigate, and nurture. And both take you to the same place. Mm. And that, that to me sounds like pretty generous of the mm. universe. Or we could get less woo-woo and say pretty generous of these teachers. Pretty wonderful that we live in a time with these teachers that are showing you, is your mind quiet? Okay, sit down and try saying yes, thank you in your head for 20 minutes or whatever you want to do. Yeah. Um, is your mind not quiet? Okay, recognize it. Allow it investigate it, then nurture it. And I actually like, love yourself into loving. Yeah. Instead of willpower, the bench press, which I think a lot of us, the Western ego has so much like earn it, kick its ass. Like, yeah, I, I I don't want to call the person out, but I can't stop replaying. Val and I did this live. We made it weird or you made it weird with Moses storm, which by the way is not to be missed. It's really, really, really great. Really, really interesting. And it was really, really funny. So it was me and Val for an hour. And then it was me, Val, and Moses for like an hour and a half. It was like kind of a long one. And live. And it was incredible. And the crowd was incredible. And I'm grateful to everybody. But I keep replaying (laughs) this moment. Uh, Why did I think of this? Uh, I think of love yourself into loving. Yeah, love yourself. Oh, oh, the ego. The human ego. You want to earn it. You want to earn it, yes. I just felt like some... And by the way, I like, I like, I'm not that up to, but I'm saying this because there's so many hot button issues. Like when I say I like Tony Robbins and then I find out later that Tony Robbins is currently in like a 
he said the wrong thing sort of scandal. And I know that people have issue with how Joe Rogan uses his platform Mm -hmm. and whatnot. Um, So I'm just saying in general, I like Joe Rogan. I'm not saying I stand for everything he stands for. And I am not up to date. And I know a lot of people are really mad. So I'm saying as someone who occasionally watches 35 second clips and sometimes sees him at clubs and enjoys hanging out with him. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, but it's not, but it's, and I've noticed that there's like a real, there's a lot of masculine energy going on, which by the way, post-apocalyptic, I wake up in a weird cabin and the world is sort of like a a dusty wasteland. Mm -hmm. Uh, if I'm picking a comedian I want to wake up with Mm. in that blast, it's not Zach Galifianakis. Yeah. It's me and Joe Rogan. Right. So I can appreciate that. Yeah. Although, can, how did we get in that post-apocalyptic hilarious. situation in the first place? That's really, 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 really funny. <laughs> You're really, 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 really talented. Like, I'm just sort of in awe of how funny that was. And so unexpected. And, like... I don't know. That was like reading a book or something. I really feel like that little comment just took me through one of the Narnia books. I honestly wish that I there, you know, the the person who I was married to before this uh, had a lot of reverence for the masculine and not a ton of reverence for the feminine. Uh, he might be totally different now, but I really I remember that kind of being an argument of like. Who would you want in an apocalyptic situation? And I wish at that point I had known. But who caused it? Enough to be like, yeah, we're the only reason we're speeding towards an apocalyptic situation is because we have forgotten completely the feminine. Yeah, that's beautiful. And it's really funny. (laughs) And if you were stand up, I would be like, you have to do that on stage. But you you. can do it at the next live. You made it weird because it's hilarious. (laughs) Um, Anyway, I'm sorry. What I'm trying to say, Richard was explaining to me, I, I, I don't think I can summarize it adequately but he's like there's there's wizards there's like four archetypes there's like the magician it's Mm. not a wizard there's the magician which includes clowns Mm. uh (laughs) i'll point out meaning clowns are kind of magicians that turn things into laughs i love it because a wizard would be so much cooler and and you're like it's not a wizard it's a magician and clown (laughs) (laughs) and then there's the king, there's kings, and he's like, nobody under 55 is a king, mm. but some people are princes, and mm. what prince consciousness and king consciousness and princess and, and queen mm. and whatever whatever is applicable is the, the one that encompasses all of them, mm. is the one that can see, and, and that is definitely what, you know, life goal is, I want to be a king. I want to, yeah. not to rule, but to find space and loving awareness for all uh ways of being Mm. and then he was and one of them is the warrior and one of them is the lover Mm. so i think i got all of them there's the king there's the magician there's the warrior and there's the lover Mm. and we're talking about the i i think joe and people like joe is the warrior Mm. and what i'm saying if we take it out of the post-apocalyptic and just be like if we're hunting uh yeah sarah silverman would also choose joe rogan (laughs) like we like we and i can access that part of me that, again, when I'm working out, I'm much more inclined, because I'm a big workout guy, mm-hmm. I'm much more inclined to get into a Joe Rogan place of, like, dominate yourself and push yourself and, and all the language that these, 
I, I watch videos now on how to stretch before a, a run. And they're all like, so you can dominate it, so you can fucking get it. And it's just like very that. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, because when you're tired and you want to give up, it's nice to have that guy's voice or that woman's voice in your head that's like, I know it sucks, but you got to keep going, dude. Yeah. You know? there, there's a song I feel like you would love. I, I don't want to like throw you off. the. No, please. But I can't remember who does it. I think it's someone who's friends with my friend Melissa. But it's like a punk song, and we do it sometimes even in dance class, where we like punch it out, and the chorus is just, get your shit together! Get your shit together! Uh, I like and that. Like, it's, there's, it feels really good. Okay, so that is so in line with what I'm saying. And Joe on Instagram, uh, and I appreciate, I really can find a part of me that loves these, so I'm not just saying, that sucks! I'm, he has the hashtag uh, tame your inner bitch, right? Mm-hmm. And he, he uses it when he posts like uh, workout grams. Uh, Joe Rogan does? Yeah, tame oh, your wow. inner bitch. And I think it's, it's well meaning, meaning it's to get other people mm-hmm. to get into a warrior kind of energy mm-hmm. of like, I know it sucks, but keep pushing. Don't let your weak side uh, win out. Okay. Like, like I, I understand that the language might be uh, not completely appropriate, but... It, and the philosophy. <laughs> I'm yeah. just kidding. But, okay. Go ahead. <laughs> what I'm saying is, there's a time... We need to be able to shift in between these energies. Mm. And what I can see, and this, is, this has nothing to do with Joe, but I can see people misappropriating that energy into times when it's not appropriate. Yes. And this brings me to my story. And again, I say thank you to everybody who came out. And Val, like me saying, read your poems, I love your poems, Mm -hmm. you said, of course, my dumb new exercise enthusiasm came up at the live podcast, Mm -hmm. and you guys will hear this when it came out, and you'll hear this moment when it comes out. Yeah. Uh, Val, not me, decides to kind of lovingly brag about me and goes like, yeah, Pete runs a mile every day. Mm -hmm. I I don't think that's that impressive. But you, out of love, said that. But then someone laughed. Mm. And someone laughed like this. They went, like that. And I would say, Mm. in that moment, the tame your inner bitch energy, Mm. the Joe Rogan experience energy, isn't welcome. Because this isn't the Joe Rogan experience. This is the Pete Holmes sit down and and have a nap. Yeah. (laughs) Meaning... We need to know when to, and again, that that was just a reflex on that person. I'm not mad at that person, but I can't stop playing it back because that is my wound. Mm-hmm. Is like you try, and then and then you're mocked by the people that are probably running way more than that, yeah. and then you just go like, so why even try to be in that group? They're just going to shame you anyway. So just eat Cheez-Its. Cheez-Its don't laugh at you. I know this is very pity party and very sad. but like, I get it. It made me feel that like junior high sort of feeling. Like you can't even win. You're trying to join them Mm. in the taming of the innerness. And and even then they they won't have you. And and it felt very uh, sad. So what what I'm trying to say is, we need to be nuanced enough to know when it's appropriate mm-hmm. to be like, let's tame our inner bitch. And that's the problem with it, by the way, is you post something on Instagram and you're in that jacked up state and you're like, tame your inner bitch. And that makes perfect sense to you. At but people time. are reading at it at 8 a.m. Right. Uh, you know, on the can and yeah. they're not in that state. Yeah. And this is sort of the problem is, is we're receiving information from all of these different states and we're, 
we're not in those states. Mm-hmm. So, th- so of course, we're constantly being offended mm-hmm. or constantly be our buttons being pushed or triggered. Of course we are. There's yeah. so much information coming in from the millions of different ways a human being can feel and being delivered to you. And the chances that you're on the treadmill when you're looking at Instagram and seeing Joe Rogan sweating and saying, Tame your inner bitch, is very low. Yeah. Uh, so uh, what I'm saying is... Uh, it's hard to be human. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I just really, I'm re- like, as you were going and going and going. I'm Hilarious! You need to I, tame your inner Pete. <laughs> I, um, I really, I'll do this in real time. Like, I really am trying to get in touch with a part of me that can see how, because I'm sure this is true. Like, somebody will read Tame Your Inner Bitch and it'll, like, make them feel as seen and good as, like, my dance classes, which have the complete opposite energy, um, make me feel. Uh, But, like, before I get into that, I do want to just say, I want to, like, live in the space of, like, what that brings up for me. And it's the same thing that it brings up for you. It's, like, like, P.E. trauma of, like... I just wasn't, it wasn't that I wasn't made for exercise because every person is. The way that it was presented to me was like some old man is going to tell you to do like run laps and do jumping jacks and then force you to play baseball when no part of you is even remotely interested. And you have to be on a team with fucking David who is like so competitive and audibly sighs when I get placed on his team and then spends the entire time screaming at me because I don't know how to play baseball because I never want... Yes. And and I'm going to do Roy Kent. And where does this David live, love? (laughs) Thank you. And where does that David live? (laughs) Let me me go. I'll be right back. (laughs) I'm just going to go and find that David. And I'm going to see what he thinks about Roy Kent. And see how good he is at footy. <laughs> yeah, thank you. You're Roy. welcome. That made me um, feel better because I hate this story more than I hate anything I've ever hated. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, uh, thank you, baby. That's good why does David live? <laughs> and <you> see, like, <laughs> see, to me, okay, that's really great. That's interesting because that's a great use of masculine energy. Where, like, of course, you would never like go and beat up this person for something he didn't. No, but break. sometimes you need Roy Kent to but, be like. But to, like, in that moment, like, love you with, like, that was an injustice and action needs to be taken, even though you never... What's a sensitive... It's an empathetic application. It's like someone hurt you in a a verbal and emotional way. Yeah. And where does he live? (laughs) What fun. Yeah, what fun. And you also know he's not going to do it. Well, that's key. Yeah, Because if he did, then that would change everything. Right. Um, But... Yeah, so it brings up all of that. It also brings up, like, like so for a long time, that was, like, what I associated with exercise. And was, like, I can only exercise if I hate my body and I'm sort of punishing it for being fat. I'm 100% with you. Yeah. The book that I read about binge eating, which I do not recommend, yeah. was, told you to call the part of you that always wants to eat a pig. And you guys it. have heard this a million times. And I was reading it going, like... I don't like it, but the author addresses that you're not supposed to like it. And I was like, maybe I'll try it. And I did it for like zero days. I, I mean, I, I did it for it. a matter of hours. Yeah. I was like, I hate it. So 
again, I don't even mean to sound so sensitive, like I don't want to upset Joe, which I'm not going to. I'm just saying that language works for them because David didn't yell at you in baseball Because they were David. And... <laughs> I don't know him. Because um, they were, David. And uh, and that's the part. Valerie, you are a comedy club. You're the appetizers. You're the two-drink minimum. You're the comment cards. You're the MC. You're the lights. You're the mural with George Burns and Jerry Seinfeld, but they look like they're melting in a microwave that all the hosts make a joke about. You're the bad parking situation. You're the horrible valet. <laughs> You're the misspelled Moshe Kasher on the on the marquee. It says Moshi Koshi. You're a comedy club, you, and you won't read your po- and you won't read your poem. <laughs> um, thank you so much. Sorry, oh, great. No, I loved, loved it. Loved every part of it. Uh, yeah. Well, so that's where and, and and so just taking you through my like thinking of it as I'm like I don't want to discredit. Like I do understand different strokes for different folks, but. When I go, like, maybe that makes somebody feel really seen in, like, a very healthy way. But then I'm like, does it? I I believe it makes somebody feel seen. But is that healthy and something we want to perpetuate? Or is that the patriarchy's damage to men just being played out? Of, like, is that your father being like, don't cry you you need to get back on the field. Well, well, even drill sergeants not yell, not calling people the hard f word. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not being like, I had sex with your mother. Drop. You know, the, yeah. doing that sort of stuff. Yeah. Like that did change in the in the arms armed armed forces. Like that's not yeah. happening anymore. Yeah. At least I, I, I think. I hope. Yeah. And I'm like, as you're talking, it's a really interesting conversation. I think. I hope. Because this is a podcast, but because <laughs> people are uh, listening to it, uh, so let's hope it's interesting. But I'm like, is what what I hear is I'm like, okay, so it goes back to what Richie was telling me about the warrior, mm-hmm. and he's like, and and Richie, you know, I I don't think you can categorize Richie easily, but he does lean liberal. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. His, his his feelings are very inclusive and loving. No yeah. surprise. Um, but he also sort of makes fun of liberals, where he's like, uh, there. There's so there's almost nothing a liberal would die for. Mm-hmm. And when he said that, I was like, "Holy shit, that's like a bit. Yeah. That's like a great bit." Because mm-hmm. I am a liberal, yeah. and like, there's very uh, and I know there are liberals that would absolutely, and they're hardcore. But there's so many conservatives that are like, you know, on nine twelve, I joined the military. Like, yeah. I, like that was there's that felt con- more conservative loyal to me. Convictions and and the warriors are more loyal, and and that's why. There's room that not just room. There's love for them. There's understanding for them. And I was pointing out that the Bhagavad Gita, obviously a holy text, is about a warrior. Arjuna is a warrior. He's killing people. Yeah. He's fighting in a war. But before the beforehand, he's talking to God about his role. And and he's and God isn't just going like, don't kill people. He's yeah. understanding that the whole thing is is like both a mess and a symphony, you know, mm. it's, it's exactly what we've been talking about. Mm. But any hoozle, what you got me thinking was, is there a version of the Chicago Bulls in 1996? Do they win if the coach is like, it's just a dance, guys. But you know what's funny? I said that. They called it the last dance. Yeah. And Phil Jackson, their coach, was like a Buddhist guy. Yes. So 
Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't think he was saying, tame your bitch, Michael. I I don't think. And yet, this isn't even in the name of not offending anybody. If that is valuable to you, someone saying, tame your inner bitch, it's probably because it it echoes and presses on your wounds Uh in the same way that the day the treadmill arrived was the day my parents left town and I fucking ripped ass on the the treadmill because I said this on the first podcast, I was which we were talking about, I mean, I was like, as if I was running from my problems. Yeah. But it's not the best fuel. But if you're trying to become the ultimate fighting machine, Mm. (laughs) which it seems like Joe wants to be. Yeah. Won't you take anything you can get? Like like you don't want to just be like, I run because I love myself. He's doing stuff that I think you have to get rough. I don't know. Yeah. I know. Yeah. That is, that is where like my, um... Where my, like, understanding starts to break apart as I'm like, I don't know why you want to fight anyway. But, like, but I will say that going back to, like, the Bulls and and the Zen teacher or coach, I mean, the other thing is, the other question is, is there a way to work out your anger and, like, burn testosterone and do all that without it make like without the hatred towards your body or the like the is there a better fuel is there a better is there a better fuel but 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 also like i i can hear some people saying like yes so the the like feminine and the celebration and the like exercising because i love my body that's such a feminine extreme of exercise yeah and i understand that that's not gonna work for everybody so what is the healthy masculine of exercise? And I would say it's what you were doing. Like being like, I've got some rage in here. I'm going to run this shit out. That's not that's not uh, uh, abusive towards your body. Well, I wasn't running and thinking about how much they suck or anything. Yeah. I was just letting the frustration take the wheel. And anger is not a bad thing. And masculine energy is not a bad thing. Uh, I think you're showing, your example shows that you can uh, use those forces, use that fuel for exercise without it ever having to be like, you're broken, there's a bitch inside of you and you need to tame Tame it. it. (laughs) And you you need to like force your body to do something it doesn't want to do because it's a stupid body unless it's buff or whatever. That's... That's what I hear well, in yeah. tame, tame Your Bitch. I think you can be like, my body's wisdom is is on point and it has some serious rage in it and I'm going to let it work its thing out, you know, while I, listening to Rancid. <laughs> uh, I'm going to look up this quote that was on... Oh, yeah. This, okay, so... This was on uh, Ted Ted Lasso, meaning the last episode of Ted Lasso. (laughs) And it's a a Rilke Rilke quote. And he says, our deepest fears are like dragons guarding our deepest treasure. Oh, love. And that is like, that is an example of like, that's a, that's a more, what I'm going to say is I, I hope that things like Tame Your Inner Bitch are just like a funny, meaning attempting to be yeah. funny, punchy. Uh, it's spray paintable. It's it's easy to remember yeah. in a pinch. In yeah. the middle of a UFC fight, it's way easier to remember Tame Your Inner Bitch. I'm trying to have compassion for that. I love I, I'm all for trying even, to have compassion. Even though I'm 
with you that I don't think it's the best fuel. Yet, I think it would be pretty hard to remember. I can't even remember the quote, and I just read it. Uh, <laughs> I have to look it up again. Our deepest fears are like dragons guarding our deepest treasure. Yeah. I mean, that is just, that's also, the. it's Joseph Campbell. The, the cave you fear to go in is where your treasure is. Yeah. And that is a really healthy, albeit a little bit more like highfalutin intellectual kind of way of saying, hopefully, I'm hopeful. Uh, that it's a similar sentiment, meaning on the other side of that difficult workout, on the other side of that difficult breakup, on the other side of that difficult moving to a new city for your new job is your is your deepest treasure. And we don't have to turn it into. And the part of you that doesn't want to slay that dragon is a bitch. Yeah. If you do, it's fine. I'm just saying you can also say Rilke. Or you can. <laughs> Another easy one is like let the animal do it. Like that's That's right. I let's I've been wanting to watch yeah. That was just the mantra for like labor, which is childbirth way more badass than any ultimate fighting anything. (laughs) Let the monkey do it. Let the monkey do it. And like so I think if you're doing anything extreme with your body, like allowing that, but I just am always gonna be for listening to your body and not pushing it. More than it needs, you know, like more than what is healthy. And, you know, I don't even want to uh, say that this is feminine energy, but I do want to say, okay, so this is the full story. So again, I forgive the person that laughed. There's no ill will. In fact, it wasn't even your laugh. It's what I projected onto your laugh. Yeah, because they probably thought I was making a joke. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So please, if you hear this, you came to the show, means you're a fan. There's no issue here. Yeah. No one sees anything as it is anyway. Yeah. You only see what's happening through thousands and thousands of filters of your own. So what you what I heard was actually coming from inside of me. It wasn't yeah. your laugh. Yeah. So there is no issue here. Please know that. You are loved. Thank you for coming to the show. <laughs> for real. Like, for real, for real. And for real, for real. And okay. I then the next... So I was feeling bad about that. Just not not constantly, but every once in a while, I was just surprised how junior high it made me feel. Yeah. I kept going. You said that an old man. They always used to make us run a mile on the first mm-hmm. day of uh, the first week of gym Ugh. in high school. So four times I had to run a mile and I could never do it. Yeah. And I remember I would always start with the fast kids. And this is a heartbreaker to me. Mm-hmm. The The fast, you know, reckless haired they brought shorts, like umbro shorts and special shoes. I'm in my jeans because I like didn't remember. Yeah. And they start and I'm like, that's not that fast. Aww. Like if you're running like seven, eight miles an hour, that's not that fast. And you're like, I can do this for, what is it? Ten laps? I can do this for ten laps. Yeah. And no, Pete, you can't. You can't. Yeah. I'm sorry. You can't. So like a, 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 a lap or two in to a lap. Half a lap in, I'm stopping, and I'm going to, like, kind of go much slower, and then by the end, I'm going to be walking. And then there was David Lyle, and I've probably told this story before. David's. David Lyle, always David's. But David Lyle is is the hero in this story. Oh, David. David Lyle was on my Little League team, not an athletic guy, 
And uh, he would agree with that. That's not like a mean thing to say. <laughs> He's listening. Hey. Hey. Uh, me, but I'll always remember one time David Lyle uh, got a foul ball, meaning he made contact with mm-hmm. the ball during a game. And we all cheered like it was a home run. And I know that sounds like maybe it was like condescending. It wasn't. We were so happy yeah. for him and supportive of him in that Love moment. Love that. So David Lyle, in the most rage against the machine, fuck you, I won't do what you tell me. <laughs> fuck you, I won't. I wish I had footage of David Lyle from lap zero walked slowly yeah fuck David. you I won't do what you tell me <laughs> fuck and we had to wait for David Lyle Love to finish it. yes I I finish I'm dead I'm second to last and David Lyle is on like lap six oh and we all have to wait and like that is the most Bad, like it was beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. It was like self love. Like I, why? Yeah. For what? For, for what? what? For what? Run a mile. For what? Yeah. For you? You? For what? I can't run a mile. Yeah. That's this this is why, by the way, on the on the set of uh, uh, of the Smallwood pilot, the guy coaching me uh, to bowl, I bowled, and then he goes, "Not at all," and he said it in front of everybody, and everybody laughed. Mm. I start going. I probably already said this. I was like, come to the comedy store tonight. Come to the comedy store tonight. Yeah. You want to you do something hard? You roll a ball. Yeah. But I have that energy, too, where I get real, for what? Yeah. For what? Yeah. Fuck you. Fuck. But you're asking me to do something brave that you can do. Right. Do something brave that I can right. do. And David Lyle could be like, you know, come play Dungeons and Dragons. I'm not even saying. I think he was a and d guy or whatever. There's something he's exceptional at that he doesn't go around asking That's you right. to do. That's right. But what? Because because you have a whistle, you get to tell me to do the thing that you can do? That's For what? <laughs> For what? For what? <laughs> That's such a, a perfect example because that's using masculine energy in a love, self-loving way. And if David Lyle had said whatever the thing was, why don't you... It's like when I was going to work with Lululemon. I, w- I was like, hey, I like Lululemon. And I reached out to them. And remember, I think I've told, I have told this story before. And they were like, um, we always like to bond with the people we work with. So why don't you come on this like 45-mile <laughs> off-road motorcycle trip through like Nevada? And I was like, again, I had that thing where... I, by the way, thank you for the invite. Yeah. But I'm also but like clearly you don't know me at all. <laughs> that's how you're exceptional. Why does everyone have to be exceptional in the same way? Just mm. because I like soft jackets doesn't mean I love eating grilled meat under the stars. Yes. I don't. In I fact, know. the whole aesthetic of your store said we've never been on a motorcycle. Why are you doing this to We're me? Into yoga and lounging for what? <laughs> for what? <laughs> to, pr- to so I can fall in a ravine to have a new Pete's pick. I'm not. Falling in that ravine to my death. I'm not going to go, at least I got a new piece back. <laughs> like, that is for what? I know. I feel very, I feel very strongly I, about clearly it. Clearly, I do, too. I've woken up But I mad. do love the idea of hopefully David has a mother or father who, like, this is the image that I'm imagining. Your David, not my David. Uh, that, that he was like, I'm, they're going to make me run a mile today and that he had a parent that was like just walk it they're like but i don't think i'm allowed it's like they'll wait that's again because we've been so hard fuck you to me i'm saying fuck you to you 
You wait, Mr. Hunt. That was his name, by the way. Mr. Of Hunt. Of course. You wait, Mr. Hunt. You've inconvenienced me. Yeah. I just had to walk a mile. I didn't even want to do that. Now I inconvenience you. This is what I'm saying. I think this is an important moment of this episode because we've been... Because I personally have been so hard on masculine energy. This is a great example of how masculine energy can be used in a healthy way. Because that was masculine energy. It was masculine energy. Even though everybody was probably like, what a whatever word. Yeah. I I wasn't thinking anything horrible. I I just didn't want to say anything mean. Yeah. Really... That was badass. Be, yeah, being like, I, I will do what I am capable of and nothing more because I don't want to and I don't have to. That's standing your ground. That's beautiful. That's and what I loved about all the nerds. Not I, to say David was a nerd, but like my group in high school was the nerds and I loved them. Yeah. And they had those little victories. Yeah. Yeah. And if the if the story is correct where a parent says like, you don't have to do that. Just walk. They'll wait. Like, that's such masculine energy that's in right. a loving way. That's like, right. You can use it as It's an imposition on... We can, one of the definitions of masculine reality is an imposition into reality. Yeah. Like, you're pushing something into reality. This is another great... <laughs> as opposed to... Not that all feminine energy is encompassing and allowing reality, but there is some, there's some of those energies at play in the two. This is another, you're going to love this story. This is another great example of healthy masculine energy and kind of in a, uh, don't let me forget place. to finish the punchline to the story. Oh, sorry. No, no, no. This I, is a quick story. I, I'm going to put my wedding ring on my <laughs> pinky to remember. Um, I was talking to my friend Lauren yesterday and her daughter, who's four, is, um, has very similar energy to Leela. And we're talking about how we love, like, how powerful our girls are even though they like they sometimes that means that they're a little bit more crazy (laughs) like chaotic um but she told a story about she said the other day her daughter there there was a birthday party and they were all sitting like all the other kids were sitting in the circle anyway and the daughter just went (laughs) went make room i'm coming in and like wedged herself into next to the like (laughs) the the birthday girl and and we were like this is and she said her whole personality is kind of make room i'm coming in and she's it's like beautiful because like no one is harmed by that no one was like there was like people all the other kids didn't mind and she like in a friendly, like, happy way, that's, was like, here I way, come! <laughs> by the way, that's what, not all comedy, but that's what comedy can be. Yeah. Is, like, a friendly make way I'm coming in. Yeah. Which, you've heard me, everybody's heard me say this a million times, George Burns smoked a cigar, second George Burns reference in this up, and the cigar is very masculine, meaning you, everyone has to smell this now. Mm-hmm. You know, that's make way I'm coming in. Yeah. But it can be as benign as, like, a faint smell of a cigar from 50 rows away yeah um love it need it make way i'm coming in need it love it (laughs) the punchline of the story is what whatever you want to call it so i was like i'm i am not tame your inner bitch that's that's over that's over here it's not a different side it's just over here Mm -hmm. and i was feeling like fuck isn't doesn't someone need to hear what i have to say which is hey champ (laughs) <laughs> hey, champ, little champion, you can just walk. Yeah. Let's David Lyle ourselves into a little bit of fitness. Yeah. And let's just walk. And and if you want to run slowly one of those miles, 
Good for you, right? Mm -hmm. Isn't what I always say is what I need to hear, and I'm here, Mm -hmm. and I believe that there are other people like me. Yeah. But when that uh, didn't go as I planned at the live show, I kind of I had for all the things we've shared on this podcast, I had a vulnerability hangover about that, and I was like, maybe I'll have Katie just cut it out, meaning. Me blabbing and boring for the millionth time about how I've just started to exercise and how much it means to me. But somebody asked about it. Yeah. uh, And I answered it. Mm -hmm. And it was one of my favorite parts of the show because I get really excited talking about it. And then it it, it didn't, it wasn't received as I hoped. Mm. And I was like, you got to shut the, shut the up, dude. (laughs) Nobody cares. And in fact... Don't don't get too sad. It has I'm a good sad. ending. Sad. I'm sad. And in fact, you should be embarrassed. There's like a little like you should be embarrassed. I know, Mama. I know. Me. This is like my David story. It, <laughs> what I, I was just going to say. It's David energy. It's yeah. it's baseball David energy. The next day, I check my gram messages, and someone who was at the show, I think it was the person who asked oh, the question, yeah. shared a picture of them on a treadmill, and it said, "Feeling inspired." After the live episode, yeah, with Pete and Val, and and they and they like got out there, and I was like, "That's the whole thing." Mm-hmm. Meaning, when you and by the way, when I say artists, I mean this very liberally. I mean anyone listening that is sharing their experience yeah. with their coworkers at a coffee place, with their coworkers, it doesn't matter, with their friends. In a car, if you're sharing what it feels like to be you, mm-hmm. hopefully in an engaging or colorful or interesting way, you're an artist. Yeah. You are not just sitting on the train quietly. You're, you're connecting with others. And this is a lot of people. And you're sharing what it feels like to be you. That is art. Mm-hmm. And what one of the costs of art is what I just call the vulnerability hangover. When you get out in front of people, yeah, there's some glory involved. There's cheering and clapping and laughing, and that can feel nice. But there's also a risk that you might get hurt. And after we did that live podcast, both you and I, just you have to process it. You have to play the whole live show in your subconscious at least three times in full yeah. Just to protect yourself. Like, you you need to, like, is there anything we should take out? Is there any moment? Like, you're, you get obsessive about it. It interrupts your sleep. It interrupts your day. It makes it more difficult to enjoy a movie because you, you're kind of running this program. It's like running Photoshop in the background. It's just taking up a lot of RAM. Yeah. And, and you and I bonded over that because now that we did the show together, we were both experiencing that. Mm-hmm. And Flanny, who runs Largo, he says he does it too, mm-hmm. that it takes a while to Aww. duck shake off a show. Yeah. Like, and that's the cost. And then sometimes you think, oh, no, I'm at a deficit because I was embarrassed. Yeah. Boom. Check check your DMs. Not this guy. Yeah. This this man did want to hear. Yeah. Hey champ, we don't need to go around screaming tame your inner bitch. We can find a, a a lane for us. Yeah. Somewhere in between David Lyle, Rage Against the Machine, Walk Mile, and 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 what's right for you. And we don't have to call ourselves pigs. We don't have to call ourselves bitches. Mm-hmm. We don't have to. You know, you get the you get the point. I really think that this the it's like the message of all of that, and this does apply to anyone, whether what you do is very public or isn't, is very private. Could just be Thanksgiving dinner. You see, you're the one that says, "Hey, I'm not comfortable with that word." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the I think that the thing, and I am not always 
courageous enough to do this, but the goal is to just sing your song, baby. Like, do the thing that you do, and it will find, trust that it will find the right people. That's it. That's why I got so excited about this, is yes, there's a risk, and yes, there's pain, and yes, that pain is often counterbalanced by connection and joy. But it, that's my no pain, no gain, meaning mm-hmm. no risk, no reward, meaning yeah. yes, I felt a little embarrassed. Mm-hmm. And then one, it's it's the starfish. Yeah. It's, yeah. I made a difference to that starfish. That person literally, this is the whole thing, by the way, I'm rereading the universal Christ and the whole message of like, this Christ being another word for everything. Mm. So it's we don't have to get it religious. We're just using the word Christ to mean everything. Mm-hmm. So when the Big Bang erupted, it erupted into something that we call Christ. So Jesus Christ was Jesus Christ because he became aware of his oneness with everything. Yeah. That's another way to put it. So when you go, everything is one and everything is Christ, you're not alone. You're not alone anymore. And that and that connection is super important. And I lost my train of thought. What yeah, was I saying? Yeah, what was it? It was, what was like my point? the risk and the reward and mm, uh, shit. there's no pain, no gain. <laughs> what I'm saying is, sorry about that Christ thing. I, I just lost, <laughs> sorry about that. Sorry, sorry about that Christ thing. Uh. <laughs> For some reason that applied, but I can't think of it. But like everybody listening is doing this. Mm. Every conversation they have, every text, even every Facebook post, potentially every Instagram comment, you're out there pinging others and looking for that connection. Yeah. And you you get hurt a lot. Yeah. And I'm trying to say this is happening to all of us. Yeah. And not just on stage. It's constantly happening. Yeah. I had it. We had a casual hang with friends the other day and I wasn't being heard and that hurt my feelings. Like mm. I, I, like it was so mm. sub perceptual. Mm. So I'm saying it doesn't even have to be a big thing. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you just walk away from an interaction feeling more alone than you did going in. Mm. And that's, that's a bad feeling. Yeah. And then every once in a while you ping a dolphin and it pings you back and that, and that's the the reward. Well, yeah. And I mean, Brene Brown has covered this so thoroughly that it's almost ridiculous to speak about it at all. But it's like vulnerability is 100% like the juice of life. And if you, it's almost like you will only experience, she doesn't say this, I don't think, but I bet she would agree with it. Like you will only experience love connection joy to the degree that you are willing to be vulnerable maybe she does say that i couldn't agree more and the past month or so i'm doing good so i don't want to call it a funk but there is this like lingering it's like a burr like you walk through a field and there's a burr on your sock Mm -hmm. it's like a burr in my brain that's like sort of yearning for challenge i guess Mm. like I'm a little too comfortable these days. Mm. And the last thing I want is to be uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. But I'm starting to go like, I could kind of, I could use some though. Yeah. I and saying, that's why I want to tame my inner bit. <laughs> no, <I'm> <laughs> this is how you tell me? Um, yeah, I do feel like I go through that, like just waves of being so, un- like in such a fear state 
and being so uncomfortable and having a lot of practice and growth in that time. And then like the next week I'm enjoying being really comfortable and then kind of two weeks go by in that state. That's and where I'm I like, am. That's where All I am. right, I'm just not, I'm not doing anything. I'm not meditating. I'm not exercising because I'm just like enjoying being yeah, so Yeah, you're a jellyfish. Cozy. Yeah, I'm a jellyfish. Exactly. And I think, I think, yeah, we're saying the same thing. I haven't been totally jellyfish, but like I'm hoping the new show is a challenge mm-hmm. in like a new and interesting way. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping, I, I, I think, I think that's even part of why. I started exercising. Is like let's 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 get some out of controlness in the mix. Anyway, this was lovely. Yeah, let's. Uh, I have a poem. Do you have a poem too? I do have a poem. Or and both. I really have to pee. Do you want to go pee and we'll pause? No, it's okay. Let's Are you just sure? do it and we'll get out of here. <laughs> okay, let me find my poem. Oh, here's my poem. All right, let's put on the music. We put our po our poem music. Which uh, will give our ten cents to Eric Satie's uh, estate. I have to assume Eric Satie is <laughs> has an estate. I mean, he's an old. It's old, right? Oh yeah, he's dead. Oh, he's dead. Oh, he's dead. But this is no, no, no. This is a uh, Jim No PD number one um, by Eric Satie, and I, I want to give a little preface to my poem. It's in. Uh, the Universal Christ, which is my favorite book, uh, even though sometimes I quote it and recap it and then get so lost in the recap I can't remember why I decided to. <laughs> but this is a poem by... Uh, Derek Walcott. And it's called Love After Love. And I think it's... I'm one of those people that like doesn't want to get a poem wrong. Like I kind of want to know what it's about and I'm not positive this is what it's about but we talk about on this podcast your true self which is sort of the the loving awareness that's that's the backdrop of all experience Mm -hmm. meaning it's not like I like green tea and say it's not like your personality it's not your ego it's not your experiences it's everything that like uh unquestioningly supported and loved everything that happened to you and was sort of like quietly being forgotten the older we get. Yeah. So it's that the, that witness we'll call the true self and the, the manufactured identity we call the, the false self. And this poem is about those two selves because neither of them is bad mm-hmm. uh, sort of coming together. And it's called Love After Love. The time will come when, with elation, you will greet yourself arriving at your own door in your own mirror and each will smile at the other's welcome and say, sit here, eat. You will love again the stranger who was yourself. Give wine, give bread, give back your heart to itself, to the stranger who has loved you all your life, whom you ignored for another, who knows you by heart. Take down the love letters from the bookshelf, the photographs, the desperate notes, Peel your own image from the mirror. Sit. Feast on your life. I mean, are you oh, kidding me? Beautiful. We got to end on that one. I'll save this one for another time. Really? Yeah. Feast on your life, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> that's our new hashtag. Yes. That's I'm going to post one. a photo of me sweaty and I'll write feast on your life. <laughs> of you sweaty? 
Like after a workout. That's that's oh. when you put the workout hashtags. Oh, yes, yes, you yes. Yes, 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 yes. Yes, 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 yes. So much love, everybody. Thank you. As, as we set up top, I, I really feel the, these conversations have such an impact on me. I'm glad to be sharing that with you all. Y'all. And thank you for being here. Yeah, thank you. And thanks to those of you who were able to come out for the live. Well, it was so great. Was and so that great. means everybody. Yeah, because <laughs> those of you who couldn't be there in physical space will be there in aural space. Aural. Kind of lingual. Lovely. Crispy. Terrible. Keep it crispy. Oh. Ooh, made you a little. Mm. I'm so crispy. My ice cream make you haters want to get me. I'm so 